0: Well, good morning, everyone. This is another edition of Citizen U, a forum for exploring local government and related issues in depth to increase your civic literacy and, with that, your ability to effectively engage in decisions affecting our communities. I'm your third Wednesday host, Mari Roden. Supervisor Dan Gerdy hosts Citizen U on first Wednesdays. The name Citizen You was coined probably 15 years ago by my then Ukiah City Council colleague, Marianne Landis, who had organized a series of three or four community forums that delved deeply into topics of concern at that time. Actually, there are topics that are still very relevant. They included housing, water, economic development, the forums consisted of panels of experts who gave presentations and answered questions from the audience these forums were immensely popular drawing audiences of 200 people each so then is now the vision of citizen U was to inform the public on issues that matter to them and to enable them to effectively engage in issues of importance And I really feel dedicated to that vision. I think it's incredibly important, and it's why local journalism matters. And it's why I've decided to do this radio show and ensure the legacy of those early Citizen U forums. Only this time, we're doing it through the airwaves for all of Mendocino County to participate in. So onward with today's topic, which is the county's strategic planning process. I have two guests today to talk about this, uh, why it's happening, and what will become of the findings. My f- my first guest is Anne Molgard. She's the Public Health Transition Director and the Project Manager for the County Strategic Planning Process. Also with me is 3rd District Supervisor John Haschek, who is one of the supervisors on the Strategic Planning Task Force, which we'll get to in just a moment. So, good morning to both of you. Can we hear you? Yes. Yeah, good
1: morning, Mari. Thanks for having us on.
0: Thanks. So, my first uh, question, I'd like to start with John. Uh, just with the very basics of what is a strategic planning process in the context of, county, of the county government?
1: Well, The county has had a history of uh, reacting to the crises that we're dealing with every day. And sometimes they're huge crises, sometimes they're smaller ones, but it's kind of a uh, reaction-based process. And what we're trying to do with the strategic plan is be proactive. And so basically a strategic plan is an organizational management activity to set priorities, to focus the county's energy and resources, and to um, set up a, a common goals for everyone, so that we all know what we're working towards. Um, and then we have outcomes and results that we're looking to, that we've had common agreement that that's what we're shooting for. And um, and then at the same time, we got to realize that we are going to have these crises and directional changes throughout time and we need to be able to adapt to those and with a strategic plan then that would give us that roadmap to to dealing with these these issues that come up Mm -hmm. and and so that's the reason why i brought this forward a year ago at the very first meeting of january of 2021 and the board approved it and so, I've been on the task force with Supervisor McGordy for the last year, um, helping shepherd this through. And fortunately, we have Ann Mulgart, who's been a tremendous, you know, project manager for this.
0: What was the discussion like at the Board of Supervisors when you raised the issue of a strategic plan? What was the discussion like? What was the reaction of the other supervisors?
1: Well, uh, I brought it up two years ago, actually. And at that point, they decided to try to do something internally. And then that when COVID, maybe it was even three years ago, when COVID broke out, then things just fell apart and we didn't do anything on it. And so with the new board that took place last January, there was general agreement. It was a four to one vote to go ahead with this. I think supervisor williams was the lone dissenting vote and uh, and generally agreement that we needed to get this um, a global approach to what we're doing in the county to get ahead of issues
0: so you mentioned a task force john who comprises the task force and um, how is it different from an ad hoc committee well i'll have
1: ann speak to that the task force but we do have two consultants we hired and um, Supervisor McGordy and I did a search of consultants, and we looked all over the country. His his daughter actually does this for a living. She's a professional uh, strategic planner. And so she gave us some good tips and um, told us- That is not who we hired, by the way. No, we did not (laughs) hire her. She was way too expensive for us. (laughs) And so- um, so anyway, we got B.J. Bishop and, and Gary Hawkman from Sonoma County who have done this in Sonoma County, Napa County, many other places. So they're experienced and we thought that they would be the best fit for, for what we're doing in Mendocino County. Great,
0: well you've been <laughs> anticipated several of my questions already. I was gonna ask you how you chose the consultant. So thank you for being so thorough in your in your answers. Uh, so Ann Mulgard, can you, um, Introduce yourself and talk about what your role is and about the task force.
2: Sure. So, um, so I'm Ann. I've been in Mendocino County for 30 years, working in health and human services and and law. And um, now I've been with the county now for five and a half years, currently serving as the public health director but always involved in the leadership initiative. And so that's why I was tasked with um, with shepherding this process through because of my involvement with the leadership initiative, which is just what it sounds like. It's a leadership initiative for Mendocino County employees to improve their skills as leaders, um, to learn how to encourage leadership all the way from the entry-level person to the CEO, and... Um, and to help them see that we do much better together than as individual siloed departments. So, it just really fit in with the leadership initiative. So, so we have the ad hoc, two members of the Board of Supervisors, Supervisors Task Check and McGordy. Then we have the task force, which is one, two, three, four, five, six members of uh, Mendocino County employees from behavioral health, human resources, ag, probation, planning and building, social services, and it was just a cross section of people who are interested in planning and are really reflect the diversity of our different departments because we do as county government we we uh, we cover a broad expanse of responsibility.
0: Mm-hmm. And what is your role vis-a-vis the consultants that have been hired?
2: So so really, I'm just making it happen. They're doing the hard work. They're leading the focus groups, um, mostly, and leading the town halls and designing the surveys. And, um, and I'm just making sure that the word is getting out and that then we have um, the task force coming together every two weeks to review the input that we've gotten to, to collate and and um, coordinate all that, um, and but, then occasionally I'll do I'll do a focus group or something if 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 I'm more available than there.
1: But don't let Anne downplay the effort that she's put into this and the hard work because it is I I see her really out there promoting it and doing everything that's needed to be done at the county level every day so thank you don't let her downplay that
0: thanks Anne. she's she's sometimes too humble um i wanted to uh let's see oh i i have uh done a little bit of looking into the the process of the strategic plan and i i understand that it it began internally with, uh, interviews with the CEO and with the members of the Board of Supervisors. Uh, can you, John, I suppose John, maybe you could talk about that, how, what those early conversations were like with the consultants and, and then how the process is continuing out or has continued, continued outward to eventually the community, which is where we just, uh, are right now in the process.
1: Right I think those early interviews with the consultants, Gary and b j were to kind of discern what the key issues are in the county and and so it was like, what do you see as a vision for the county and what's holding it up from achieving those you know mm-hmm. that that vision and so with that, they came up with four pillars of of what the strategic plan will look like and I, those key areas that we want to focus in on
0: are those and, those priority areas are those what would have been called the priority areas
1: right you can mm-hmm. call them priority areas mm-hmm. pillars whatever
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, um, and so within that context then after they came to discern some of that with all these interviews internally then they started to hone in on that work, and Ann has been really involved in, in those meetings where they're coming up with some, the specifics of what that act, like an, an effective county government organization, what does that really mean for people working in the county? And then it got, um, the community was invited to attend the three meetings at the beginning of the year in the evenings focusing on three of those um, pillars or priority areas.
0: Uh, I have a question about the priority areas. And well, I know in between the interviews with the members of the Board of Supervisors and, um, and the CEO, the directors, departmental directors were also interviewed. And I wondered about, maybe Anne has this information, the consistency between responses uh, from directors and board supervisors.
2: Hmm. You know, I intentionally did not sit in on the board of supervisors' interviews with the facilitators just because I wanted them to be uh, even more free. I didn't want them speaking in front of an employee um, because they might hedge their their words a little bit just out of kindness um so uh but i i i bet there wasn't that much difference what happens when you get department heads together is that you focus on this central issue that we've named an effective county government organization because you know when we get in small groups we all like to to, to whine and to dream and that's really what we're doing when we get together as department heads so We need clearly defined roles, a thriving organizational culture. Um, There's broad commitment to DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, both in hiring and in practice. Um, We want want to really improve our internal efficiencies. In some ways, some parts of our government are working like we were working in the 60s, and we just haven't had the focus to update that. And so we really want to do that.
0: Can Um, can you go into that a little bit more? What what aspects of local government are operating like they did in the 60s?
2: So there's a lot of things that are happening by having to go in person or by phone that really shouldn't be. Um, There are very, very few families that don't have a smartphone. It's not that everybody has a computer at home. But almost everybody has a smartphone, and it's the rare person who doesn't, um, within their family unit, anyway. Um, So trying to make sure that our website and our forms are smartphone-friendly as much as we can, versus always thinking we have to put it on the web. Well, there's another step there beyond putting it on the web, that if we really want to be engaging and interacting, not just having people read, then we have to take that next step. Um,
0: Anne, can I just back up for just sure. a second to, to go back to process, uh, the strategic yeah. planning process? Um, so I had asked about the consistency between directors' responses and and uh, supervisors' responses. And now you're moving out, and I, I picture concentric circles, and we're kind of moving out to community Um, what's the difference between, first of all, a town hall, there were, it talked about community meetings and town halls. Are those the same thing or is there a difference there?
2: No, the town halls and community meetings were the same. So we started with the board of supervisors and CEO interviews. Then we did the employee survey in which we surveyed all 1,200 Mendocino County employees. Then we did department heads. And then we did some focus groups and key informant interviews. And then we did the town halls. And the town halls were both on Zoom, but they were also on YouTube and Facebook. And we took questions from YouTube and Facebook as well. So now we're following up. There's some individual meetings with tribes and smaller focus groups with Latinx groups and groups that serve the Spanish-speaking population.
0: So there's a certain amount. Of this process you know that gets fixed i i it looks like to me at the beginning you know the four priority areas that were established initially with that most internal uh, those most internal meetings we have these four four areas and then we're getting input on the areas but you know if there's if there's divergence say from the community um you know they You know, what happens, I, I guess is what I'm asking. If there's, if there's discrepancy or if people disagree, say, with the priority areas, um, those, I guess those aren't going to change. How does that work in the process? Mm -hmm.
2: Well, we started out with with six um, priority areas, and now we're down to four. So there has been movement, even in the the pillars themselves, there has been movement. Mm. Um, But you're right in the sense that, let's be honest, if one citizen brings something up and nobody else does, it's probably not going to end up in the plan. So if there were a large group of the public who brought something up that we hadn't addressed, then we would hash it out at the task force. And then then it goes to ultimately, um, next month it goes to the Board of Supervisors. Mm-hmm. But that's that task force is really where things are getting hashed out like that.
0: Mm-hmm. John, you wanted to add something? Yeah, I think
2: that the
1: the framing of this, I mean, that's kind of the question is, did we frame it in a way that kind of limited the input from the community? And, and I think what Ann was saying was right. If some someone brought, even one person brought up an issue that resonated with the task force, then that was given due consideration. But I think that these areas, the priority areas, were um, sufficiently responsive to what we were hearing to create this that kind of fit for most people. And after we created, got it down to the four. I don't think we were hearing very much outside of that. Like, why aren't you considering X, Y, or Z? And so, without that kind of input, we kind of stuck with with this prior, the four that we have.
0: That's great. It's validation that you're on the right track. It sounds like right. And how often do the does the task force meet?
2: Every two weeks. Mm hmm.
0: Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, and we meet on I'll Fridays just, where things are a little bit slower at, at the county, and so we um, we meet for about an hour and a half or two hours um, every other
1: Friday. <laughs> and Supervisor McGordy has been attending a lot of them. I've attended some of them, but I didn't want to attend too many because I don't. I wanted this to come from the the employees of the county in this task force and not have it dominated by supervisors. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah that's great, so I think I'm ready to to dive into some of the content i I feel like we've we've talked about the overarching process and what it is. Is there anything to add on that subject maybe what what is the timeline? Maybe we should finish off with that um, before we get into the content well
2: on the February first mm-hmm. um we are presenting to the Board of Supervisors the next version. There just keeps being more and more refined drafts. So, that version will be presented and discussed at the Board of Supervisors meeting. That'll be a longer discussion. It won't just be a 15-minute item. Um, And we'll get some of their final thoughts of how they want to craft the final document and then we would come back a couple weeks later with the final document then the hard work begins because with that then we need to be looking at how would we implement that and then how would we fund that implementation so there's going to be a heck of a lot of work between February and the first week of June when the budget for 2223 will be passed so,
0: um, oh, dear, I
2: just did a big sigh. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's
0: the schedule. Right. I It's always seemed to me that the majority, the vast majority of county government is fulfilling state mandates around, you know, in human services and police or sheriff, you know. It's mostly mandates that are underfunded and there's very little left for discretionary activities. So how does the you know the the work the activities that are going to be set forth in the strategic plan going to you know going to be carried out amidst all the mandates that everyone's busy doing or is it sort of an yeah an overlay that penetrates everything and infiltrates everything you're already doing <laughs> well i would say that
1: You know, we have these mandates certainly from the states and the feds, but within that, it's how we carry out those mandates. And I think that the strategic plan will is a guide for, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to, um, you know, be more effective and efficient in our processes? Are we going to, you know, modernize these things? Are we going to have a diversity, equity, and inclusion focus? You know, what are we going to do about um, approach like the one one door policy for social services? Are we going to try to implement that? So with the, we're going to implement the or make sure that the mandates are carried out, but it's can we do that in a more effective way for the city, the people of Mendocino County?
0: That's great, and yeah,
2: and then with the leftover funds and leftover time how are we going to prioritize that Mm -hmm. it's quite clear the, the the draft plan here that that i have the most recent version that i um had a problem posting to the website last night so i'll post it today um it's it's uh five and a half pages It's the one dated uh january 14th and it just includes more input from more people um but there is no way to fund five and a half pages of priorities, given that most of our funds are spent on state mandates. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's gonna be the trick. And I think some of that narrowing and honing down will take place before the vote on the strategic plan. And some will take place after the vote because some of us will come back to the board and say, guess what? Your favorite project is gonna cost $3 million the first year.
0: Here's our alternative. Great. You know, let me take a moment to uh, remind listeners that we're listening to Citizen U. I'm the host, Mari Roden. And today I'm talking about the county's strategic planning process, which is currently underway with Supervisor John Haschek and Anne Mulgard so let's continue on um, and go back to the content uh, so far so either one of you um please tell us about the four strategic priorities or what what they are first of all
1: okay so the first one is an effective county government organization and we've got a lot of big issues involved with that certainly right now with ceo angelo's retirement pending Um, And so there's, but there's a lot of other issues that we need to deal with in that area. The second one is a safe and healthy County. The third is a thriving economy. And the fourth is a prepared and resilient County. So when we did the town halls, we focused on the last three because uh, You know the effective county government deals mostly with internal issues that we have Um, and so so we are trying to get the public's input on those other three Mm
0: -hmm. i'm very interested maybe most interested most of all in that particular strategy an effective county government organization because it seems to me that that is fundamental foundational without that the others uh, may not be able to be implemented fully, and so I'd like to talk about that. I'd like you both to talk about an effective county government organization, and what are some of the well the goals, and how will they be implemented, and then how will we know if we ha- are moving toward a more effective county government organization? Anne.
2: Can we come back in four months and answer that question? Because by that time we will have um, set our benchmarks and our goals and our timelines, but um, we can take a stab at it now, Um, but it'll be much more concrete in a few months. For example, if we're gonna create a thriving organizational culture, What that means is that we behave like public servants and adults, and there are consequences to our actions when we don't, and it's not all about us. It's about what our partnerships and our collaboration can achieve. That's it writ large. Now, what does that look like when you really drill down? It means that people have a vibrant performance evaluation system where they're being evaluated by their peers, not in a punitive way, but in a way that says, um I'm noticing that you're really defensive at this particular meeting over the last couple months. It's ruining the group process what do you need to feel comfortable in this group? But I need a peer or my boss to be saying that so that I can improve as a professional, so I can improve as a leader and as as a manager, and so that we're holding each other accountable to being that next step of of professional public servant. We don't want to be satisfied with somebody who walks in, clocks in, just barely gets the work done and then leaves. We want people who are committed to self-improvement because we want a county that is committed to being the best Mendocino County that we can be. But in order for all of that to happen we need to do put things in place organizationally structurally such as Um, boring things like a performance management system and, um, training in those crucial conversations or difficult conversations where it's tough to, to gently in a respectful way, ask somebody to look at their behavior and improve it. Mm -hmm. But that's what we, that's what we want to do. If we do that, we will attract the best and the brightest. Who will be willing to work for ten percent less in government because they're surrounded by a really lively, active um, group that cares about the county and cares about doing the best it can?
0: Well, that's an incredible vision uh, for for being a you know what it's like to what it would be like to work in the county. Uh, But it's it's no secret that there has been a lot of turnover. And county employees, um, in past years. So there, and there, and there is, um, I guess a goal. I'm not sure if this would be a goal about, um, create a thriving organizational culture. And, but that's nebulous. How do you pin down culture? How do you improve culture? What has been the discussion around that?
1: Well, I think some of the things that we need to be doing, and I haven't been in those task force discussions, but, you know, we need to figure out why people join or come to Mendocino County to work and then why they stay. And then if they leave, why they're leaving, Mm -hmm. you know, doing some of those kind of exit interviews and and make sure that people are here for the right reasons. we also need to provide a compensation and benefits um, philosophy. You know, are we going to be comparable to our neighboring counties? Mm-hmm. You know, as much as possible. Um, and are we committed to professional growth? You know, and like Anne's doing the the leadership initiative, you know, do we have those things in place that make people want to stay
0: mm-hmm. and
1: feel like they're they're growing professionally and personally?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds great. Anne.
2: people don't leave a job because of a bad job. They leave because they have a bad boss. You know, more often than not, that's why they leave. And so I think our job as, a, as an employer is to make sure that we are building and growing the best bosses they can be. And that doesn't mean they give perks or something, which we never give in county government anyway. It just means that they're skilled in supervising and skilled in bringing out the best in people and skilled in not walking away from the conflict when there is one. And if we demand that of our leaders and our department heads through either you know, I've heard people recommend merit-based bonuses. I've heard performance evaluations where you don't continue in the five-step series of evaluation of, uh, you know, wage increases that we have at the county. If you don't really make it, that standard performance in a leader, maybe we don't reward that. Um, maybe we wait until we get really good performance before we reward that. Um, investing in the leadership initiative is something else that we would do because that would come from discretionary county money. That doesn't come from any money that comes anywhere else. So that's the kind of decision that is going to be helped by this strategic plan. If we say the leadership initiative is important, then we need money for a staffer to make it all come together and for consultants and trainers who are experts in their field.
0: But the leadership in initiative hasn't been happening i thought you said
2: it 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 went strong for about a year and then COVID hit Mm -hmm. so so we had really you know it had kind of just kind of medium um uh participation and the reason is because if you don't put staff behind it it's everybody's last priority so, if you ask somebody, you know, way over there to, to put a training together, it's not the same as when you say, Anne Mulgard and KDS Ford, please put this together. And so, we did because it was our responsibility and we got more participation. And uh, hats off, I just have to give a shout out to, to KDS Ford and Human Resources who has put together an amazing um, training series of trainings are about eight trainings, both for supervisors and then a separate one for managers. So that's all set. And we really need to encourage that and demand it of of everybody who's in a leadership position.
0: I think that's, this is exciting. I I love hearing about the, you know, the aspirations for a more effective county government. Um, What about a prepared and resilient county and how is that different from a safe and healthy county? Well, I think
1: that the, the prepared and resilient county is dealing with with, with um, the emergency disaster preparedness which we've all been living through for the last decade it seems. Um, And then what are we doing for rural fire protection, emergency medical services? These are all key issues, and we need to really have this common goal of how we're going to live in this county in a safe, resilient way. Because these, um, you know, climate change is here with us, we've got to be prepared. And like I said initially, we've got to be prepared for what we don't even know at this point is coming towards us. So, what, so yeah,
0: yeah. What sort of action steps? I mean, I, I can I can imagine goals that would be uh, under this category, like a, you know, we have ambulance service, you know, um, that reaches all the far flung areas of the county. We have, you know, those would be goals, and you know, those are. Those are easy to anticipate. But how those would be implemented, Have you begun to look at action steps toward achieving the um, a prepared and resilient county yet?
1: Well, I think the action steps are going to get delineated um, with within this prepared and resilient county, such we have, for example, ensure access to rural fire protection and emergency medical services. Okay, so what are we going to do about that? Well, you know, can we... What are you going to do
0: about it? <laughs> <laughs> Who's back there? Hello? Anne, or John. I... Uh, yeah, so anyway... Whose voice that was. <laughs> Somebody calling in. That was
1: someone calling, and I guess that he had gotten through. Yeah, so what are we going to do about that? Um, well... You know, we're a county based on a lot of rural volunteer fire departments. So how can we support them? You know, what can we do with the Fire Safe Council? And how can we help to create more community Fire Safe Councils? You know, I'm working with several of them in my area, and I think that that's a real key to building a resilient county. Okay. And then with the transportation systems, You know how do we implement and prioritize road road system improvements? So, so I think within each one of those, there's key, there's action items that we need to identify. Okay, for example, I'm working with this uh, county service area three issue for Sherwood Road, and so doing an assessment in that area just for those people who would benefit from that um, having extra emergency access routes going into the community you know can we get more of those up and running you know and so we're working on it right now but i think those are the action areas we really need to be focused on
0: I, something that, that has come up in my interactions my personal interactions as a, a ukiah city council member or as a uh well the the issue is has come up that there isn't always a point person at the county who's responsible for something that that matters. Let's say to the city of Ukiah, and I'll just give one example. It's not it's not as you know important as a uh, you know having a, a resilient county, but there was just an incredible funding opportunity from the state of California. I can't remember which department, and the city of Ukiah was considering it for various things. But what it really, when I read the request for proposal the description of the funding opportunity i thought of Logat park and how this would have been a, a sufficient amount of money to do incredible rehabilitation of the bathrooms the bridge maybe that amphitheater get rid of that broken down uh area where there used to be a caretaker area and but there was nobody um you know the county who was Prepared or equipped to, um, you know, begin a, a grant process for that. And I wondered if, if you have a re- reaction to that about having point people at the county who can deal with various issues that come up, like that, or has that come up in other areas, uh, that not parks, but let's say fire or, well,
1: certainly housing, for example. Mm-hmm that we are getting a point person who will be working in planning and building who will be focused on housing. You know, I think um, the, the other one was um, fire protection. I think there, there's some talk about having a county fire chief. You know, and so some of those point people to really focus this, but with the overall strategic plan, the question that the board is going to have to deal with is who is going to oversee the implementation of this is it going to be one person or is it going to be by department do we say oh this department you know these are your areas of you know your scope of work and so let's you know you be accountable and in five six months we want to report back from to the board about what what progress is being made on those? Mm-hmm. You know I, I guess we need to have a real discussion at the board level of how we're going to implement all of these what I think are really good ideas
0: right. And did you have any thoughts on that? And well, who is going to implement, yeah. You know,
2: just this morning, I got an email from from a coworker who works in social services, but somebody had reached out to her about pandemic response issues, COVID pandemic response issues, and they just had no idea who to contact. So she reached out to me, and now we have it all, all set up. So I think that that happens more than we realize, that just because we know our coworkers in county government um, doesn't mean that everybody else does. Mm-hmm. So... So, yeah, that's that's definitely an issue. Um, sometimes county government on these implementation steps will be doing the work. More often than not, we will have a point person. Um, we'll have um, the contract that hires a grant writer or facilitator to bring all the fire chiefs together. They already kind of have their own fire chiefs. So that's not a group, so that's not a good example. But um, But sometimes we can be a conduit or a convener Sometimes we can be the grant writer or holding, um, some sort of contract. Sometimes it's our, it's going to be our job to listen to the legislative changes that are needed and work through county government to really advocate and, and lobby, except, you know, we call it advocating, advocate for legislative change. So I think in each circumstances, the implementation is going to look a little bit different. Um, uh, for, for volunteer firefighters, is insurance a problem? Do we need one group insurance policy that would be held by Mendocino County because we could get a better rate? Or is that, you know, those kinds of things. So I think that we're gonna have a different role for the county in each particular um, strategy that we're gonna implement. It's not always gonna be county staff doing everything, but really figuring out how can we leverage the county given all the volunteer smarts and energy that exist in this town and all of the nonprofits and for profits and business organizations, what is the key role that could make a difference if the county did it? That will not be in the strategic plan on February 1st. That will be in the plan by by June and ongoing, because that will be a, a living document and our role will change over the years.
0: Yeah. Well there's a, a difference between implementing the different strategies in the plan um, and an oversight of of implementa- implementation implementation that is this is the strategic plan being followed? you know, and and then looking back at it. And so in a a broader sense, not each individual action step, which it makes sense to not have county employees responsible for every single thing in the plan. But is the plan being carried out? Where will that responsibility lie?
2: So the CEO and the and I have talked about this, um, it's it's ultimately the board will decide. But there's a number of different ideas. One is, of course, to have a steward, to name a steward, and have it be a person who um, has both influence over the agenda of the board meetings, and influence with HR, and influence with the executive office. Um, and influence with the department head who is responsible for that particular strategy. So, you could put it all into one person and give them the authority. You could make it the new CEO, CAO, or you could make it a team, someone from HR, someone from the leadership um, initiative, someone from the clerk of the board's office, the board chair, and the specific um, department head who is on that agenda so maybe four people are consistent and then one person comes in and out based on what the particular strategy is so we're looking at different at different ways of doing that to ensure that we're not wasting our time
0: when you say we're looking at that is that a task force uh, the item?
2: Task force will be making a recommendation but ultimately it will be discussion among the board. Mm-hmm. And and it will also probably depend on what the board decides about CAO, CEO, mm-hmm. that could play a role as well.
0: Right. Let me just uh, take a moment to reintroduce um, Anne Molgard and John Haschak, who are my guests today on Citizen U. I'm your host, Mari Roden, and we're talking about the county's strategic planning process. There is a one strategic priority area that we haven't discussed yet and that's a thriving economy. Maybe we can shift gears and if you could speak a little bit about those or that that priority area either one of you
1: yeah I'll start off with um, you know what what are we doing as a county to promote? economic development, a thriving economy. Um, You know, we hear a lot that it's very difficult for businesses to start up for, you know, um, building permits and such to get going. But, you know, so we need to be looking at, you know, how are we doing our, you know, the key functions that the county does? And are we collaborating with um, economic development partners? You know, are we making it easier for businesses to start up, okay? And, um, and also support policies for, you know, cannabis, legal cannabis cultivation operations. You know, some of those things that we need to be looking at, but in the big picture too, we're not going to have much of a thriving economy if we can't hire people because of the housing situation. So we really need to be looking at housing, um, and what we're doing to provide all sorts of housing for people. So I think that those two tie together, mm-hmm. economic development and the housing, to create a more thriving economy.
0: Have, has um, the participation in the community meetings or the town halls, whatever we want to call them, has that been robust? Have there been a lot of participation
2: pleasantly surprised, I guess not surprised, but I've been pleased with the, with the turnout. Um, each town hall had about 100 participants because um, we were using all the formats. So, people could either say their question or they could write their question or they could post it on YouTube or post it on Facebook or email it in. And so, because we had so many different um, ways to communicate and we also kept all the comments, even those that weren't on the air. And so that's why this um, collating process of all the comments is is uh, is a challenge, but it's a good challenge to have.
0: Mm-hmm. And who's doing that collating? Is that the job of the consultants?
2: Yes, yes.
0: And how about the uh, designating action steps, or you know, to, and who will who will implement these specific action steps? Is that the task force or the consultants?
2: No, that would definitely be the task force to the board of supervisors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think that's one area that we really need to figure out, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be a, a lot a lot of discussion about how we implement those action items. But, but as far as the community forums, I think that we had like 60, 70, 80 people in those each evening. And it was right after the new year so some people were saying well you know we weren't paying attention during the holidays <laughs> all of a sudden we came back and there was all these community meetings going on so so i think that at least from my point of view you know to get 60 70 80 people at one of those zoom meetings on an evening right after the new year that's a good turnout right so people are interested
2: and let me just say that we will. We are still taking comments. The email is g o v t, short for government, government strategic plan, at mendocino county dot org. So g o v t strategic plan at mendocino county dot org.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask you. And there may be people who are hearing about this strategic planning process for the first time and want to contribute in some way. So that's it's good to know that they were still able to do that definitely yeah so um, what about a safe and healthy county and where do where does uh, does that include the topic of children's services and uh, social services and how those you know those services are implemented in the county
2: and
1: you go ahead on this
2: okay it does it
0: does um,
2: it has everything from behavioral there's there's one thing about the the under-resourced individuals and families and then there's public health prevention and social determinants of health then behavioral health services helping people feel safe in their communities and then um climate change issues making sure that we are um, supporting a sustainable environment and respons- responsibly stewarding our natural resources. Mm-hmm. So you can see, all of that fits into a safe and healthy community. Mm-hmm. So we are going to have to hone this down, even if we even if we have a list of also RANs or something, because we d- we don't want to say they're not important. We're just going to say for the next few years the board is not going to be investing monetarily and investing time and resources into that particular effort
0: yeah you know, there's a strategic plan for homelessness um, that w- was adopted by the Board of Supervisors a couple of years ago and I helped work on that plan and included in there was a a timeline for it was a, about a two or three year timeline and it so not everything was, you know, to be accomplished in the first year, but it it laid out goals for, you know, we'll try to implement this component by 2021 and another component by 2022. Is that, um, is that envisioned for this strategic plan?
2: Yes, as well as including some of those plans that already exist, such as that plan, um, Move 2030, for example, um, put together by by West Company, West Business Services. Now, um, they had already done all the work to study what do we need to do to support small business. And we know that the majority of us here in Mendocino County work in a small business. Um, so, that certainly deserves to be supported. So, we didn't have to redo all that work. Mm-hmm. And we that was the first document that I sent the consultants, for example, was move 2030 to make sure that we're not reinventing the wheel and we're taking all that work that's already been done. And again, saying what is what is the key role that, that the county should play
0: in that? And move 2020 what, is around economic development, thriving economy. Is that correct? Correct. correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. And
1: and Mari, just what Ann was talking about, if if we're talking about a safe and healthy county and what we're doing, and one of the goals is deliver culturally relevant public health services that focus on prevention and are guided by social determinants of health, Ann and I have been working with a real dedicated group of passionate people to to create a, a community health worker program beyond what the county already does and some of the community health centers do. We're trying to create a more robust, expansive program. You know, With the pandemic, we started up this Promotores de Salud program in Willits that was focused on the Spanish speaking community in Willits and did a very great job of, of um, getting out to the community, getting the word out about, You know COVID and then the testing and also the vaccinations but also reaching beyond that and looking at some of the you know social mental health issues that that are you know in the community and so we're looking at creating a program of community health workers and so within that context of how does that fit into the strategic plan what can the county do to provide support, help with grant getting, you know, all those kind of issues that would make this a sustainable outreach into the community because the laws are changing around how, how community health centers are funded. And you know, we've got this um, new programs coming online from the state. So let's take advantage of those and fulfill this kind of need in the strategic plan
0: yeah. Building an infrastructure like that at the neighborhood level is, uh, is a great model. It reminds me of an article I read recently by Atul Gawande about the public health system in Costa Rica. It was it Co- Yeah, Costa Rica. Yes. Yes. And, um, and how effective it's been at, uh, delivering preventive health care and around COVID. They, you know, they, they had, neighborhood public health workers that were people knew and were trusted and it's it's led to incredible results in the public health arena for costa rica so it sounds like we're we're starting to do something like that in mendocino county
2: well and we have an event tomorrow (laughs) <laughs> at uh, four thirty to seven thirty tomorrow in Ukiah at the Brush Meadows Apartments at three fifty Brush Street, we're doing vaccinations for all ages there. And that was because Uva Ukiah Vecinos um, which is Ukiah neighbors, Ukiah active neighbors, um, asked us to go there. And so they're setting it all up, and we're going to go, and we're just going to do it right there in um, in an apartment development.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's really wonderful. I love, love hearing that the cooperation between our community-based groups and the county and, uh, looking forward to more of that. So it's 9.55. We need to begin to wrap up. So I'd like to just go, go back to each of you and, and ask, uh, you to, to, say say any last words you have how you could be contacted um anything about the strategic planning process that we haven't yet mentioned sean would you like to go first
1: sure thanks thanks for having us on maureen this has been a great conversation and i hope that it's been fruitful for the people who are spending their time listening to this um You can always contact me at haschakj at mendocinocounty.org. That's H-A-S-C-H-A-K-J at County.org, Or my phone number is 707-972-4214. You know, we've talked about some of the things with the strategic plan. Certainly there's a lot more to it than we've been able to discuss in this past hour, But I think people are concerned about what's going to happen with the CEO Angelo's retirement and then how the county is going to move forward. And so that's, you know, the first thing in our strategic plan is define clear roles, responsibilities and processes for county leadership and you know it's it's making those decisions about cao ceo you know how the board relates to either model and and the leadership of the county and so so i think that um, all of these issues are going to be front and center in the near future and but i think the strategic plan is for a roadmap for the long term too
0: yeah. I so, think so I
1: look forward to that process.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, exciting to me to to see the county board of supervisors um support and move forward in a strategic planning process that is really self aware and deliberative about how it wants to proceed in this new era. We'll have a new new leadership um with the new CEO or CAO and to have this process completed or happening at the same time uh, and to inform the next steps forward is, is really brilliant and it's um, exciting. So, Anne, how would you like to wrap up?
2: I would just say thank everybody who's participated so far and giving their input, and, and it's been very thoughtful. People aren't just yelling, you know, oh, go build more housing. I mean, it's been very thoughtful input that the public has given, and we appreciate that. Um, if people want to learn more, um,